Hello, my name is Eric Kuchrenko. I am a student of public policy in the Blavatnik School of Government, University of Oxford. And today I am very honored to talk to Konstantin Koshelenko, Deputy Minister of Social Policy of Ukraine responsible for digital transformation. Beyond that, Konstantin has also just published his book titled Management in Times of War, where he summarized all his experience of leading an important government ministry and implementing large-scale digital transformations in the context of the full-scale invasion of the Russian Federation. We will definitely discuss this book during today's conversation. Konstantin, welcome. Hi to everyone. Nice to be in here. Um, according to the Ukrainian legislation um, adopted uh, in March 2022, you are basically a CDTO of, of a big government ministry. I'm wondering what it takes to become the CDTO of the Ministry of Social Policy. That is, what is your background? How did your career develop to this point? Um, thank you, Eric, for inviting me to Oxford Policy Pod and uh, greetings from Kyiv, Ukraine, to all the listeners who stand with us this challenging times. And uh, I appreciate the opportunity to engage in uh, this meaningful discussion and share my insight uh, on your esteemed platform. Let's begin our conversation. And uh, when we talk about uh, my journey to becoming to the CDTO Chief Digital Transformation Officer of the Ministry, of social policy is rooted in, in an extensive career spanning across banking, fintech, and public administration. I started as an IT specialist, which laid the foundation for my understanding of technology and uh, its application. In the banking sector, I held uh, key positions, including deputy chairman of the board, chairman of the board, director of payments terminal business, and uh, director of alternative sales channels. And these uh, roles uh, were instrumental in honing my skill in business development, and uh, it's important uh, customer service, marketing, and uh, digital transformation. Uh, I was deeply involved in building regional networks in Ukraine. And when in private business we talk about clients, in the government we talk about citizens, but it's the same. And uh, in the sphere of digital transformation, I make some initiatives in uh, banking institutions, including projects like uh, Bank, uh, ID, Apple Pay, Google Pay, and the implementation of mobile application and the customer service system. Mm. My approach to managing large projects, particularly using agile methodology, has been a cornerstone of my professional development in, uh, in this period. And uh, progressing through various leadership roles, I served uh, as the deputy head of the state property fund of Ukraine and uh, where I was responsible for coordination regional networks and attracting investments, relations with clients. And uh, this experience was uh, pivotal in understanding for me the intricate relationship between public policy, technology and uh, economic development. With over than 17 years of experience in banking sector, fintech, and the public administration, I was appointed uh, as the deputy minister of social policy of Ukraine in charge of digital development, digital transformation, and digital digitalization at all in December 2021. And uh, this pass uh, has uniquely position me to understand the multifaceted challenges on dig of digital transformation in the social policy realm and to drive forward, forward the integration of technology uh, in public services for a more efficient, transparent, and accessible social system. My main focus in this ministry is the development of the unified informational system of social sphere. Additionally, the creation of accessible online services for citizens has been a crucial part of my of efforts of my team. And uh, these services not only simplify interaction, interaction between the government and citizen, but also ensure that vital functions and assistance are readily available at touch of a button, making life easier and more efficient for everyone, especially during this uh, for times. Mm. Done. Yeah, your experience uh, seems to have prepared you very well for this position. 
But I'm wondering how you actually received this opportunity to go into civil service and um, how did you make this difficult decision? Oh, uh, you know, I have been talking about this uh, and my journey to the civil services was a calculated decision influenced me to shift in political landscape in Ukraine. The election of President Zelensky marked a period of potential transformation change in our countries, in our country, and uh, with the intro introduction of new professionals into the political sphere of Ukraine. And this wave of uh, fresh talents and new ideas was a pivotal factor in my decision to join uh, the public service, to join this team, to make something great. And uh, working alongside uh, these professionals who bought a blend of expertise, expertise and innovation thinking to the table, presented an opportunity to be part of meaningful transformation, transformative project And uh, this project had uh, the potential to not only reform, but also redefine the social society and governmental structure within Ukraine. And uh, my decision was also deeply personal. You need to know that um, the prospect of contributing to reforms that would have a lasting positive impact on the society, the society where my children are growing up, And this is, was a significant motivator. It's about building a legacy that ensures a progressive, stable and flourishing future for next generation of Ukrainians. And uh, my background in the banking sector at has been instrumental on this journey. The skill uh, and experience and my experience uh, garnering there have been vital in my role in the civil services, particularly in driving forward dig digital transformation initiatives. These initiatives are not just about uh, technological advancement, but uh, crucial in enhancing transparency, efficiency, and uh, accessibility to our public services. Huh. Uh, in summary, my transition to the civil services was a strategic move to be part of Ukrainian growth and transformation. Mm -hmm. It's opportunity to contribute uh, to large-scale reformative project and uh, that are not just changing the present, but it's also paving the way for a better future for our country and increasing uh, the resilience of the state and society in times of war right now. Your turn, Eric. Yeah. So you are saying that uh, your decision was motivated largely by, by this change of circumstances and the particularly favorable situation with the this wave of public of new professionals coming to the public service and the advent to power of President Zelensky. Did you dream at any point before before this change to work in the civil service? Oh, thank you for good question. Um, reflection on my career aspirations over the year, I can say that working in these uh, civil services was an initial dream of mine. Mm -hmm. My professional journey began and evolved primarily in the private sector, particularly in the realms of banking and fintech, much more retail banking and clients relation, uh, relations with clients. And this part offered uh, its own set of challenges and rewards. And I was deeply engrossed in the opportunities it presented for innovation and growth. Uh, however, as my career progressed, my perspective on the impact I could have begun to shift. I wasn't a sudden relation, but a gradual realization influenced by the evolving social-political landscape of Ukraine and uh, growing understanding of potential for significant impact through these public services and uh, public service and the opportunity to be part of this civil service, especially in time when Ukraine was undergoing critical transformation, presented a new kind of challenge and opportunity. Um, one that had the potential to affect change on a broader societal level. The idea of contributing to the country future, to reforms that would shape the society, society when my kids are growing, as I say, and uh, the environment in which my 
become increasingly appealing. In this time, my work of my dream, my dream work to civil services was born out and uh, of a desire to apply my skills and experience towards the greater good of my country. It was a natural progression of my professional and personal growth. Uh, aligning with a deep-seated uh, commitment to contribute to my country development and uh, prosperity, of course, the Ukrainian victory. Mm-hmm. That's how I see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's indeed a very interesting transformation in terms of your career aspirations. Uh, today, what are your main duties as um, Chief Digital Transformation Officer of the Ministry of Social Policy of Ukraine? Hmm, um... Basically, as the Chief Digital Transformation Officer at the Ministry of Social Policy of Ukraine, um, my role encompasses a range of responsibilities that are pivotal to the Ministry, overall mission and objective, because all our new our new project is digital. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my primary duties is to lead the strategic vision for digital transformation within the ministry. This is involved setting the direction for how technology can be leveraged to engage our social services, ensuring that they are accessible, efficient, responsive for needs of our citizens. And uh, it's about envision and the future where digital tools and platforms uh, facilitate a more inclusive and empowering social policy landscape. It's something like re-engineering, not digitizing, but digital transformation. And uh, a significant part of my role involves uh, overseeing the implementation of various digital projects. This includes the development and deployment of digital solutions that uh, streamline the ministry services, from welfare programs to social aid distribution. And uh, it's about uh, transforming traditional, often bureaucratic processes into user-friendly digital format. And uh, there, about accessibility to the public, uh, all of these services. And uh, my role also requires extensive collaboration with other government entities, because power of our system not only in our system. It's the power of power of uh, interaction with different systems. And uh, it's about interaction with private sector partners and international organization. Because from the start of the war, we don't use uh, our budget to make something new, to make something digital, because our bu- budget concentrated to the, to the defense of the country. And... Uh, This collaboration are essential to aligning our digital transformation efforts with broader government objectives and for ensuring that we leverage best practices and uh, innovate solutions from across the globe, from different countries who have more uh, innovative technology. And uh, as a CDTO, I play a role in uh, advising a policies related to digital transformation, data management, and... Uh, technologic advancement. This uh, involves uh, working closely with the other ministry officials to ensure that the, our policy, all policy of ministry, not only reflect the current digital landscape, landscape but also uh, forward-seeking and uh, conductive to long-term social benefits. Another critical aspect of my position is to ensure that the Our decision-making processes are data-driven. Our new system gives us this possibility, and this means utilizing data analytics and insights to inform policy development to, to make data-driven solutions and uh, identify areas of improvement and uh, measure the impact of our services year by year. And uh, finally... I am responsible to building the capacity of our team. It's a hard task because we have some limitation in quantity of people, in the salary of our people. And uh, sometimes private, private sector is more interesting for our candidates. But ensuring that we have the necessary skills and knowledge to efficiently implement and uh, manage digital transformation. This includes fostering a culture of innovation, and uh, continuous learning with the ministry, with the, all colleagues. And uh, 
In summary, my role is multifaceted. Encompassing strategic planning, implementation of real digital innovation day by day, and uh, stakeholder collaboration, policy advisory, data-driven governance, and uh, team leadership. Because in the time where our technologies is very comprehensive, relations with people is very com comprehensive too. And uh, it's role that sits uh, at the interaction of technology and social welfare, driving the digital transformation journey of the, our ministry. Yeah, that indeed sounds like a very broad set, set of responsibilities. Um, with all that taken into account, what are your main achievements in the last two years that you are working in the ministry and what are your goals for the future? I was uh, in this ministry from January 2022, uh, one, month, uh, one month before the war. Yeah. And, uh, you know, reflection of the, this past couple of years at the ministry, uh, it's been quite right, especially within the war. Uh, we have accomplished a lot, even under this challenges condition. It's been a period of uh, significant changes because it's uh, only one our possibility to uh, be stronger and achievements in digital social support system because it's about our society. Uh, we say that it's second priority after defend our country in the front line. And uh, one of our biggest maybe feats uh, was implementing the unified informational system of social sphere. Previously, we were designing this system during development back in the 90s, which were quite limited and lacked integration. This new system has been a game changer in terms of efficiency and accessibility. Another step was introducing the online adoption process, streamlining the procedure of numerous families and enhancing transparency. And we continue to develop this service because we need to, we, we want to, to our kids, Ukrainian kids live in the families. And uh, this is about Idopomoha platform. In Ukrainian, Idopomoha mm -hmm. means e-help or uh, is-help. And uh, this is platform, a, cr a crucial tool in providing support uh, from humanitarian organization and uh, private volunteers. We make it uh, in the first uh, months of the war. And uh, I think that it's important the electronic case management approach in social care was a really significant change because uh, Ministry of Social Policy, it's a ministry of uh, changes of changing of uh, people's lives. And uh, social benefits, it's not a full solution to, uh, to support people in difficult circumstances to uh, move to the normal acti active economic life. And that's why uh, we make this electronic case management allowing us to address each citizen's need more personally and efficiently. And I must say that uh, none of this would have been possible without the support of our partners. The World Food Program, UNICEF, UNDP in Ukraine, and the Eastern Europe Foundation, this is partners who support us uh, in the building of our system. It's a consulting support. And uh, their assistance really invaluable. Uh, I have a not big team and uh, only in collaboration with strong partners, with strong vision, we have possibility to make something for, to, to, to make really, really innovative and really robust uh, system. Mm. I also want to express gratitude to Vice Premier, Prime Minister Fyodorov and uh, my minister Zhulnovich. Uh, for their dedication and support in implementing these reforms because it's about social sphere and it's about digitalization, two in one. And the uh, impressive aspect of the our unified informational system of social sphere, it's about recognition in the national anti-corruption program. This is not only underscores the system efficiency and transparency, but it's about contribution to broader governance reform in Ukraine. 
We have been honored to receive some several accolades for our work, and uh, which is a testament to our team, hard work and dedication. But uh, these awards are not only just symbols and recognition for us. They reflect our commitment to continuous improvement of the system in digital of the digital system in the social sphere. And uh, it's about importance of adopting best practice and sharing our achievements and developments with the entire democratic world. Uh, we want to be connected. And uh, looking ahead, uh, we have got big plans to further development our system to make our society even more resilient. It's the first priority in this year. And uh, I believe that address you question. And uh, yeah, yeah. what else can we explore? Uh, I just wanted to jump in on to what you said about like, sharing uh, achievements with the democratic world. Uh, Ukraine has cooperated already with Estonia on sharing its its achievements in DS system, this application, which uh, advances a lot digital transformation and now works with other partners around the world with Colombia, with Kosovo, I believe also with Zambia, to actually to, to also share this experience and this achievement. And when we already talk about DIA, uh, that's something a bit broader, I would say, than just social policy. So I'm wondering, could you give a bit uh, more context on why the success and challenges of um, entire state transformation and digitalization in Ukraine? Yeah, we really open to experts of our technologies and it's about not only money, it's about uh, to try to say thank you to the world for supporting us and uh, it's about international collaboration for us. And uh, our approach in the Ministry of Social Policy toward digitalization is twofold. Uh, firstly, we aim to digitalize uh, existing services to enhance their efficiency and accessibility. This involves creating this unified informational system of social sphere, uh, and this system allows citizens to apply for and manage social benefits online through the DIA application or DIA portal, reducing the need for in-person visit and paperwork. However, we are in favor of a multi-channel approach and leave the opportunity to apply in person to the administrative service center for those, for those who need it. And uh, we are also developing digital tools to better identify and support vulnerable groups, such as displaced persons. We have 5 million internally displaced persons. And uh, those who are affected by the ongoing war. And secondly, our digital transformation goes beyond just digitalization services. We are also focusing on using technology to innovate and introduce more accessible and effective format of social support. It's about more address uh, social support. Challenges we faced include ensuring that uh, systems are resilient to the, so that all citizens can use these services, protective sensitive data, and maintaining robust cybersecurity measures. Uh, we have cybersecurity attacks every day in, in our country and uh, two or three days in a week in my ministry. And uh, especially in times of war, it's, uh, it's important. And uh, we work on cybersecurity is uh, our work on the direction of cyber cybersecurity is very important. And uh, the overall success for, of digitalization in Ukraine, including the state portal and DIA application creates the foundation for our work to integrate our social policy system into the global country digital landscape. We make something like back office system for DIA and ensuring that the one of the is left behind in these opportunities to interact with the state on social support issues remotely, quickly and and efficiently. Uh, in fact, uh, having a CDTO like me in every ministry, along with Vice Prime, Prime Minister Mikhail Fedorov, coordination this team, has been pivotal in harmoniously development digital service for citizens in Ukraine. Before the, 
before the Fedorov, uh, different before the Fedorov, before the Zelensky, different ministries make different digitalization in different direction and without any without any coordination. And uh, it's not just about uh, consolidation access to these services in a single place. It's, but it's important too. But also about uh, having robust back office system that support their processing. For example, in our ministry, we're responsible for social service back office system. And this system are directly connected uh, through informational exchange, ensuring the data moves between government offices, not people, carrying people and uh, carrying papers and documents from one agency to another. This approach streamlines services, reduced bureaucracy and uh, encourage uh, efficiency. That's why we, 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 we saw that uh, power of our system is not in, inside of our system. And our power of our system is about interconnection. And uh, one of the key achievements here, I know we are management to integrate these services by bringing them together under a unified framework. Uh, maybe you know we uh, we use technology from uh, Estonia too, and uh, it's about Trimbita service. And we have been able to create a more seamless and user-friendly experience for our citizens. They can now access a wide range of services through a single digital platform. It's very convenient because you have all services in one place. This is really a significant step forward in making government services more accessible and more convenient for all people. And moreover, the back systems, back office system we have development are not just about processing. That's about uh, interconnectivity and information sharing, which are crucial for efficient governments. And uh, it's crucial for data-driven uh, data data-driven uh, uh, data decision-making. And uh, I think that interconnected approach ensures that the data is readily available where it's needed, reducing the need of manual information transfer and uh, helping to speed up the service delivery speed up for every citizen and uh, overall uh, this confident efforts in digital transformation across ministry led by vice prime minister is really fundamental fundamentally changing how to interact with our citizen and how services are delivered it's about making governance more responsive more efficient and more tuned with the needs of the every people and uh, I think uh, that's the gist of my opinion on this. Mm. What next, Eric? Um, Dia. Uh, Dia is next. Uh, you already mentioned Dia, that uh, the application that was introduced a few years ago in Ukraine. Um, could you just explain a little bit how Dia changed day-to-day -day routine life in Ukraine? Um, Dia, is for me, Dia is a transformation application portal in Ukraine, significantly changing how citizens interact with the government, how citizens how citizen interact with the state. It uh, has streamlined numerous administra administrative processes, making them more user-friendly and accessible. This is a kind of uh, one-stop shop for all citizens, and uh, all is issues of interaction with government agencies here and uh, from registration a business to filling taxes many essential tasks are now simple, simpler and faster the platform role has been particularly crucial during the ongoing unprovoked russian invasion it has uh, facilitated rapid communication and distribution of vital information to the public for example um the application has been used to disseminate alerts and safety information, as well as to coordinate support for displaced persons. And, uh, uh, and in my opinion, DIA success lies not only in its uh, functionality, not only in its design, but it's about symbolism too. It represents a modern, resilient Ukraine, embracing digital solutions to overcome traditional challenges and uh, the additional hardware posted by the war. It's a statement, I think it's a real statement to the strange and innovative, innovative in, in, in innovation of Ukraine, of Ukrainian people and government, 
in the face of really adversely adversity and uh, dia is a truly an inspirational part of our lives it's a really great social instrument it's not just a set of certain digital state services in one place in smartphone or portal this uh, the meaning is greater dia is a tool that helps a person to make to make the state serve them i think it's it's uh, very important and dia has now become a significant element of our digital lives. Encompassing 40 digital documents in smartphone and over 130 online services, the application already used by 20 million people, 20 million users in Ukraine. And that's, that's half of population of Ukraine, right? Yeah, and this is only start because we work on some solution for kids and some solution for uh, international partners like Dia. Mm-hmm. And uh, from the world's uh, digital first passport to diverse construction services and national-wide uh, service, Dia exemplifies how the technology can reshape, reshape citizens' interaction with the state. We live in the era when many people can no longer imagine their daily life without dia it's, it's really in ukraine and uh, having forgotten what is it like before such services existed the concept of the state as a service is a becoming a logical direction for the development of all state system worldwide i think and reflection uh, a shift towards meeting the needs of citizen I think that it's not a bad example for uh, another countries, and we open to demonstrate it. During the current war, digital services like DIA have demonstrated not only their responsibility, their reliability, but also mm-hmm. that state service can remain people-centric any circumstance, any circumstance, even in times of war. And uh, they have become crucially important in supporting the everyday lives of citizens by providing access to essential, essential documents and services despite external changes. For example, when you need to, to be connected with the state, you don't need to go to the state, to the state body to stay in the query, to stay in the line. And uh, uh, it's very important in time of, uh, of rocket attack. You have to use these technologies from your basement, from your home. And uh, this undercourts the ability of technology to adapt and serve people, even the most difficult situation, undoubtedly making a significant step forward in the development of digital state. That's in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for helping us delve into your day-to-day responsibilities and the important work that you are doing in Ukraine on digital transformation of state services. Now, I would like to turn to your book, which is an equally exciting and interesting topic to discuss. In your book, uh, Management in Times of War, you emphasize the importance of technology and innovation in the wartime. What are the successful cases of innovative solutions adopted by you and your team? Uh, and have you had any unsuccessful cases, perhaps any failures? Thank you, Eric. In my book, uh, and the long uh, name of my, my book is uh, Management in Times of War, Leadership Examples from Ukraine's Government and Private Sector. I discuss, among other things, how technology and innovation become even more important during a war. One of our key successes was the rapid backups of system and subsequent deployment of cloud technology for remote work, which allowed our system to operate without being tied to physical servers that are targeted but rocket attacks. You need to know that in the first months of war, social benefits and pensions is very important because in normal life, people... Uh, people think that it's something very similar to uh, to weather, rain or snow or pension. It's something regular and something very, very normal. But in the first day of the war, when, when we make a, a first payments during the war, 
for all people, it's about guarantee that state is works, state is here, and uh, state is uh, defend this country. And uh, I think uh, I think uh, that we also um, use some solutions like instant messages, not only to communicate, but also to coordinate aid and resources in real time, indirectly, directly from where to where to to where we were. No one from my team left the country, but some people were in Kiev, some in the village around it in the February 22, and some of them is Western Ukraine. But on the second day of the war, this team was working as if it were in the same office. In Ukraine, we joke this, that uh, COVID is... Uh, uh, COVID is, is something training, tra- training for us because uh, after COVID uh, pandemic, we have possibility to work in the, in the distance and uh, it's very important uh, in the times of, in times of war. And among the services that we are most useful for citizens were the organization of registration and payments for internally displaced persons, as well as creation of our Idopomoha platform, which allowed international humanitarian organization to provide a tool for direct payments to citizens. Uh, as uh, Dennis Brown, United Nations coordinator of Ukraine, she said that it's the first uh, experience for United Nations to use nationally platform to make a cash support, cash payments for citizens, without any cash, only by card, only online. Uh, and uh, for, for those who, who have a card and the natural form for another people. And uh, I think that uh, thank you, thanks to the Unified Social Register, it's the main register of our system, we were able to verify social statuses and provide details enabling our partners to make payment in a way that was convenient for them without the use of uh, any intermediates, intermediates, any middlemen or state, or state accounts in the first months of the war. This platform continues to operate and uh, has received eight international hours. And we are further developing it. Uh, reimagining in Ukraine classic volunteer functions for the digital era, online volunteering, and online volunteer, volunteer coordinations, coordinate, coordination. And uh, another significant project was the online adoption process. We started with consultation of, uh, of parents, of potential parents, and which sparked more interest in people considering beco- becoming adaptive parents. And uh, I must also ha- highlight uh, the new system for registering humanitarian aid, which has made the process completely transparent and digital. Uh, today, uh, all our humanitarian aid we see in one dashboard and we understand geography of this support and we understand uh, all uh, charity uh, funds who use it, who deliver this humanitarian aid directly to the people, to the people in need. Uh, when discussing our journey in digital transformation, it's important to acknowledge that not only our services, but also our favors. One of the most uh, significant challenges we have faced in dealing with delays of disruption in service rollouts. Progression is digital transformation is really complex and uh, multifaceted process. And unfortunately, we have encouraged uh, feedback along the way. These failures uh, often result of unforeseen circumstances, including force majeure events that are increasingly becoming a norm rather than expectation. Expression, sorry, and uh, this situation have a profound impact on our timelines and the execution of our project. Digital transformation projects are inherently complex, and when combined with an overburdened team working and uh, continuous pressure, uh, the likelihood of delays increase. Additionally, while we are Immensely grateful for the assistance provided by our international and domestic partners. It's also true that the support sometimes comes with critical delays. 
This is not unusual in every large-scale project where multiple stakeholders are involved, not only in times of war, but it certainly adds another layer of challenge in meeting our objective, objectives right now. And it's essential to understand that the favors a part of the learning process. They highlight uh, for us the areas where we need to adopt and improve. Our team is dedicated to learn from this feedback, refining our strategies and uh, continue to push forward despite the challenges. Uh, uh, I think that leadership starts when you don't have any resources. And uh, this experience, albeit difficult, Invaluable in guiding us toward more resilient, efficient digital governance strategies. In summary, in summary, while we have made significant processes, our journey has not been without its failures. These challenges, from project delays to operational overloads, are critical learning points. They reinforce the need of adaptability, resilience, and continuous commitment to improving our digital services. Um, you write that a good book should leave a reader with just one idea. Um, what is this idea if you were to single out just one? Oh, I think that uh, I have many ideas for this book because it's a book uh, of reflection. We always think about how to manage this situation better, how to manage this process better, how to manage these people better. Mm. And uh, I don't think that it's really new, unique But in my book, Management in Times of War, the central idea akin to Jim Collins' concept of big, hairy, audacious goal, or maybe Peter Drucker's management by objectives. It's about resilience through uni- unity. It's unity of, of purpose. It explores how true resilience arises not materially from unity, but from unity around a shared vision. Uh, significant purpose that illuminate the past, even the darkest times. And the book uh, view resilience not as an individual attribute, but it's about collective strength formed in the crucible uh, of shared struggle and mutual support. It illustrated that when a group of people unites around a single important goal, they achievement remarkable things, hmm. irrespective of uh, external circumstances. In this context of war, this unity becomes a powerful tool for surviving and victory. It's about unity inside of team. It's about unity with the partners. It's, out, it's, it's, it's about unity from people, uh, with people around the world who support us in this struggle. And it applies not only to military aspects, but also to social, economic, political realms. Unity allows for efficient mobilization of resources, distribution of responsibility, and the use of collective intelligence to solve really complex problems. Overall, the key message of the book is not just unity per se, but unity with a purpose. It's about the greatest resilience being achievement, achieved when leadership and teams find common ground in the pursuit of a shared goal and shared vision, and that inspires and unites them regardless of any hard circumstances. I particularly liked one quote from your book. Um, Each day within your organization constitutes a battle for productivity, values, and humanism. You give very helpful advice on time management, holding meetings consecutively, not scattering them around the day, not holding meetings on one day of the week, such as Friday in your case. I'm wondering, what are your life hacks for retaining concentration We are always distracted by phone notifications and messages, even if they are objectively important and work-related. Um, in the modern era, we have access to any good sources 
It's about business schools. It's about electronic learning system, etc. But it's very important not only know something unique, not only know some new, some uh, uh, strong concept, but use it in uh, real life, but use it in times of stress, but uh, using when everything going going wrong about you. And uh, yeah, this quote of, from my book, it really sum up the daily challenges we faced in workplace. It's not uh, just about getting things done. It's about upholding our values and maintaining our humanity in the process. Because some of my colleagues uh, live in Bucha, and uh, after these months of occupation and after losing their neighborhoods, their loved ones, it's, it's very hard to ask them about to, to, to ask I'm sorry to, to ask them about normal office life normal business processes and you're right time management is really crucial because uh, life is life and uh, but we need to go to go forward and especially in this uh, high pressure environment holding meeting uh, consist consecutively trying to keep Friday's meeting free this is very small changes but they make a big difference in how we manage our day and our productivity uh, today today i talk with you uh, after our pizza friday and uh, and uh, and it's it's really good hour of uh, talking with my colleagues without any ties without any agenda without any tasks we only talk like people to people mm. and uh, but dealing this constant dis- distractions uh, especially from our phones that is a whole different ball game it's uh, isn't it i mean it, uh, in one line of work this uh, notification are very important so you can just ignore them but uh, they can really fragment your focus during the day so here what i do and i find is pretty efficient. Firstly, I set specific times to check in managing, messages and emails. It's my standard. And mm-hmm. uh, it's like uh, batching this task. Instead of constantly reacting to every ping, I'll check my phone and the mail, say, every two hours. This way, I'm staying on top of things without letting them take over my entire day. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's, it's, it's ideal situation and you need to know that i am not ideal manager sometimes <laughs> i sometimes I, I use this messenger every minute and uh, sometimes we have situation when you when you need to be connected every minute and another thing is the turning of non-essential notification it's not crucial to the immediate work it's get muted it's about uh, filtering the noise so you're only alerted to the really important stuff. Uh, I use some men, some messenger for uh, prioritizing uh, really em- emergency calls and some messenger I don't, uh, uh, for example, Facebook, for example, mm-hmm. social network, I, I use very rarely. And uh, then there is practice I follow, I call it deep work session. I block off a chunk of time, like two or three hours, where I do nothing with, but focus on one task, on project with colleagues. No phone, no emails, just concentrated work. It's amazing how too much you can get done when you're not constantly switching gears. But I need to repeat, in the times of war, sometimes it's not a real situation. It's not, uh, we don't have possibility to work in this regime. But, you know, it's not just about this tactics. It's uh, also about my mindset. Accepting uh, that you can't be everywhere, respond to everything the moment it happens. It's giving yourself permission to focus on what in front of you, knowing, uh, knowing that you set aside time to handle the rest later. So it's really a mix of practical strategies and a bit of mental discipline. It's not always easy. But it definitely helps in keeping the focus sharp and ensuring you're not just busy, but really productive. Mm. 
Yeah, I want to emphasize that I really like this part of your book and our conversation now. I think these this pieces of advice are really useful and practical. Of course, as you say, not always it's possible to actually fulfill them and to, to incorporate them in your day. But if you can, that really enhances your productivity. Um, you also write that an active life is multidimensional and you have to, to do a lot of things to lead a fulfilling life. Uh, we actually require a multidisciplinary approach, a synchronized fusion of diverse knowledge areas for progress in disparate directions. In view of a limited energy, which you also write about, um, how do you set priorities for yourself? How do you delegate tasks or seek advice from mentors? Hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, talking about mentors and learning, uh, I think it's funny because some of my mentors don't even know that they are my mentors. <laughs> I learn from them by absorbing, listening, reading their works. And uh, it's like having a student guide, guide, student guide, you know. And uh, you pick up uh, so much just by paying attention to how they navigate challenges and opportunities. And that's why, uh, that's why I, write, I, I write this book not... Uh, not only one, I make it with 40 different ex experts, experts contributor from Ukraine and 12 and other countries. And speaking of mentors, I got to tell you about writing management in times of war. It came together so quickly in large part thanks to weekly mentoring session with my publisher, Roman Kuzuk. Roman uh, has, uh, has this successful experience in writing a book himself. And his insights uh, were just invaluable. It's like a help it channel my through my souls and experience into the coherent, impactful narrative. And then there is whole other side of life. Staying physically active and healthy. I really heavily on train on trainers for that. They plan out my workout routines. So I don't have to spend my mental and time resources on that. I just show up uh, and go and do the do the my work. It's a huge relief, you know, uh, not having to think about what exercise to do next. I can conserve this this uh, energy and focus for other areas of my life, for the most important areas of my life. So in a way, my life uh, is in this tapestry of goodness and uh, support from different kinds of mentors and experts. Uh, and uh, whether it's silent uh, mentors I learned from afar, my publisher giving my source uh, the book writing process or training keeping my fitness on track. They all free me up to focus on what uh, I do the best. It's uh, about smartly using the resources around you so you can excel in the multiple dimension of, the, of your active life. Mm -hmm. uh, I promise last question about the book. Um, at the end of your book, uh, you, you dedicate a section to describing how you actually managed to write it. And I can imagine that it was very difficult, including uh, taking into account all your responsibilities. Um, you said that public commitment and setting clear deadlines helped you a lot. How did you find the energy to write it and when did you find time? Yeah, writing the book, you know, uh, it got a lot easier uh, because it was about something I live and breathe every day. I don't write a book about something new for me. Uh, when you are passionate about a subject, when you are constantly seeking ways to improve in that area the words just flow more naturally and i'm always reflection uh, on management uh, quality and uh, our successes and our failures and uh, the reasons behind them so writing writing the book was more about putting this uh, constant thoughts and reflection into the words and, uh, of course, uh, having a routine helped uh, immediately. I had the simple plan. Write one page a day. It uh, doesn't sound, sound like much, but it adds up that's uh, like 90 pages in a quarter. This approach made uh, the task seem less daunting and more manageable. 
I also had the weekly coaching session with my literary agent, Roman, uh, and uh, this session very invaluable. They kept me focused, helped refine my ideas, and ensured I was on track. It's amazing uh, how having someone to give yourself challenge uh, your thinking and offer feedback can make such a difference. But uh, a special ingredient in writing this book, it uh, was involving about 40 contributors for Ukraine and 12 and other countries around the world. I brought, brought them to add a breadth of thousands and thousands and ideas to the book. Honestly, I didn't expect everyone to agree to contribute, but they did. And uh, it really enriched the book with a diverse range of valuable insights. Of course, incorporating uh, so many perspectives means there was a lot more material to sort through and uh, edit, and that took time, and significant amount of time, actually. But here's where my ed- editors stepped in, and there were a huge help. My role was more about highlighting what I felt was important in their texts, and uh, pinpointed these insights and experience that I threw would really resonate with uh, readers, with my uh, text. And uh, mm. so while the book uh, is def- definitely my brainchild, and uh, it's also tapestry move woven from expertise and experience of many others, this collaborative effort, uh, it added so much depth to the book. It wasn't just my story or only my perspective of management in times of war. It became a collective wisdom of sorts, multitude of voice and experience, which I believe make it all the more powerful. Mm. Yeah, I will definitely leave the link uh, on the um, on the web page uh, of the episode. So Thank you for that. And yeah, we definitely encourage our listeners to, to read it because it's really helpful and it is really a multitude of different experiences. It's, it's filled with this um, practical advice that uh, Constantine and his contributors very uh, um, generously share with us. Uh, Constantine, um, the very last question of our episode, it was a great conversation, but I'm also wondering... Uh, what advice you could share now with our listeners, current and future Master of Public Policy students at the University of Oxford? What would you advise them for the uh, upcoming 2024? Thank you. It's really a big honor for me in the start of the year. Uh, to all the estimated listeners, and especially to the current and future students of the Master of Public Policy program, at the University of Oxford, I extend my warmest wishes for 2024. In these times, uh, as we witness significant global challenges, including the brave struggle of my home country, Ukraine, for its democratic future, it's uh, more important than ever to remember the vital role public policy plays in shaping a just, free and sustainable world. Mm, I encourage you all to approach your studies and future careers with a keen sense of awareness about the world's uh, complexities. Russia unprovoked and uh, unjustified war against Ukraine is a stark reminder of the fragility of peace and democracy. Let this be a lesson in the importance of uh, steadfastness in the face of challenges and the crucial role of policy in upholding democratic values and human rights. May you be inspired to think deeply about how your work in public policy can contribute to building stronger, more resilient communities and nations. And it's about balancing strategic thinking with compression, ensuring that policy not only drives processes, not only drive progress, but also protect and uplift. As you embark on this journey, I hope you'll carry with your commitment to making a meaningful impact. 
However, to support democratic governance, fostering sustainable development, or advocating for human rights, your role as a future policy maker is really critical. Here's to year of learning, growing, and contributing to the world but, uh, where freedom, justice, and sustainability are just aspiration, but reality for all of us. And uh, best luck in 2024, and may your efforts contribute to be brighter, more equitable future for everyone. Thank you. Constantin, thank you so much for this inspiring conversation and thank you for devoting your precious time to talking to us. Really appreciate that. Thank you for inviting and keep in touch.